your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Thrilled to be joined by our Cardinals insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic. He is Mark Saxon joining us on the show. Saxy, what the hell did I watch last night? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. If you watch the Cardinals game, probably nothing good. But if you were watching, like, you know, Schitt's Creek or something, it might have been pretty enjoyable. You concerned me there for a second (laughs) with where you were going. You have my attention, Saxy. I watched watched Big Brother after we got to the seventh inning of the Cardinals game, and that was no better than the Cards. So it was was every bit as much of a disaster. Uh, Let's get to Carlos Martinez, though, Saxy. What do we make of that, and what does it mean for his future here in St. Louis, in your opinion? Well, I mean, I I keep reading that it may have been his last start for the Cardinals, I guess. I mean, he's under contract for next year at $11 million, which is a lot of money, but it's not you know, ridiculous if he can provide the value he had in previous seasons. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I think there's probably some frustration with him. Nobody has expressed any um, misgivings about how he prepared for these starts, but it it certainly wasn't good, right? I mean, you could see the numbers, nine-plus ERA. Um, I think they have to ask some hard decisions. Is he a member of this pitching staff going forward? If he's not, what can you get for him? I'm not sure you can get as much as some people might think because of his injury history in the last couple of years. So they'll have to figure that out. Um, but we know that he's probably not going to pitch for them again in 2020. Saxy, how frustrated do you think Mike Schilt and the organization is, is the fact that he came back from COVID, they had plans for him to get in the bullpen and just kind of get himself going again. And he literally dug his heels in and was like, no, I want to be a starter. How frustrated do you think they are right now watching what has developed since that moment, and it hasn't been pretty? Well, I agree. I mean, I think if they're frustrated with anyone about that particular decision, though, they need to look in the mirror because ultimately who decides who's on a major league roster, the general manager, who decides who starts versus who relieves, the the manager, the field manager. So – it's their decision, you know, how to use these guys. All these guys have control over is how they perform when they're put into position. So if they did let Carlos Martinez kind of rough, rough shot his way into the rotation when they felt strongly that he deserved to be in the, in the bullpen, then that's their fault. But I don't feel like that's the case, Jamie. I think at the time they thought, look, this guy is such good stuff. Maybe we can catch lightning in the bottle here and he could be a really dynamic starter for us. 
but he wasn't able to do it. And, and it wasn't a very big runway, you know, to, to kind of gear up. And so I think it was just kind of a failed experiment. And, you know, I think what they hope is that it, it doesn't cost them a playoff berth. And I get what they were trying to do, Saxy. I actually agreed with it, frankly, because, I mean, you look back at who Carlos Martinez was as a starter when he was healthy. He was tremendous. He had amazing stuff. He was one of the best young starters in baseball. It's why he got the contract that he earned. That being said, his stuff is not the same that it once was. And so I kind of get frustrated whenever I see people say, like, Carlos has great stuff, but it's it's the mental approach. His stuff isn't the same that it once was. He was throwing 97 with his fastball on average whenever he was previously the starter that we think about in 2017. Now, last night, he was sitting at 93 with that fastball. And so have we seen his stuff also change a bit since all of those injuries, in your opinion? Yeah, but I mean, that's that's a major league pitcher's life. That That is what every major league pitcher deals with, a starting pitcher particularly. You know, Carlos is only 28 years old, I believe. That's the remarkable thing about it. Um, and so, you know, 94, 93, 94 with his off-speed pitches, I think are certainly good enough to get outs in the major leagues. Last night, he was just right down the middle of the plate, and they hit – they hit him hard. I think there were like eight balls hit over 100 miles per hour. I mean, he just had awful, awful command last night. And I do think if you look at these starts, you could make a logical conclusion that he's better off in the bullpen. I just don't think that's something they're going to really tackle until if they keep him on this roster until probably next, you know, going into next spring training because they just don't have to. There's more pressing kind of issues in front of them at the moment. All right, Saxy, I've been making the uh, the argument, I guess, or just stating an opinion that unless the Cardinals pitching and their defense is absolutely perfect, they don't really give themselves a chance to win a game. And what I mean by that is if they get down by, heck, a run or two, it's not like they have this juggernaut offense that just can come ripping back into a game. Now, we've seen that against some of the lower teams that have kind of self-imploded with walks or base or batters hit by pitches or errors. But we get to the postseason or trying to get into the postseason, we got to get a little more jump off those bats from the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, Jamie, your basic kind of premise is impossible to argue with. You know, one of the numbers that I think is so extraordinary this season is that the Cardinals are 19-2 and in games in which they score four runs or more. Four runs in baseball is right, you know, right in that just below average range. We're not talking about an explosive kind of scoring night. We're just talking about kind of an average night. And the fact that they've had so many games where they couldn't score four runs tells you where we stand. Now, the only kind of counter argument, Jamie, to what you're saying is the kind of the reverse lock theory in baseball, which is what if they get in a series with one of these other teams and the other team just has an awful series, right? Like, you know, it, at times we've seen some of these teams just not hit or a pitcher kind of implode. Like, Yeah, but that's risky, right, Saxy? Like, that's risky that we hope for that. No, 100%. And that's why you really, like, if you're being logical and you look at this offense, you just don't see it as kind of a championship-caliber offense. It's something like 25th in the league in slugging last time I checked. So, yeah, they just don't really have a lot of pop. And – that's why that's why what you said is really exactly right. They have to pitch extremely well and they have to continue to be the best defensive team in baseball, which I think they are. 
We're talking with Mark Saxon, Cardinals insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic. Saxon, I wanted to ask you about Paul DeYoung because I came into the season thinking he was going to be the guy that really took that next step. I thought he was primed to have a huge season this year. Well, he's one for 24 with 10 strikeouts and a walk in his last seven games. And if you look at the OPS plus over the last three years, he's basically been a league average hitter each of the last three seasons. What do you make of his decline over the course of a season? Because we've seen this now for the last few years where he kind of gets fatigued at the end of the year. And at this point, do we kind of know what kind of a hitter Paul DeYoung is in your opinion? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point, you know, but because for a while, Paul DeYoung was making great strides in terms of cutting down strikeouts, um, bumping his walk totals up. He looked like he was becoming kind of that more pure hitter. Um, I, I do think he went into this year willing to sacrifice a little more, a little bit of his power for some on base and maybe to hit some doubles. He thinks that that's kind of who he truly is. You know, it's hard to say, you know, whether the, the COVID – symptoms that he dealt with had some impact on his strength. I think the reason overall, though, that you still view Paul DeYoung as a, as a, a core member of this team is that his defense is so good, right? He's elite defensively, even though he may not look like it because he's not one of these acrobatic type shortstops. He's a guy who makes every play, has a great arm, has fantastic um, synergy with Colton Wong. I mean, look at some of the double plays they turn. So, I think he's a valuable player, but I would agree with you. And I think if you talk to him, he would agree it's been a disappointing season at the plate. We're talking with uh, Mark Saxon here on 101 ESPN. Last question that I wanted to ask you, Saxy, and this is kind of looking forward to the future as well. There's been a lot of conversations lately about the finances in the offseason and what the Cardinals are going to be willing to spend. And one of the guys that has come up a lot in those conversations is Colton Wong. And we saw him make a tremendous play again defensively last night. I wonder in your, from where you stand today, that $12.5 million option for next season, do you think that's something that the Cardinals are likely to pick up? I do. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, if you look at war, you know, you talked about his defense. It's, you know, near the very top of the league. And so he's saving runs, right, defensively. And I think he's a good enough hitter in terms of his on-base skills at this point where that, that seems like a no-brainer to me. Now, on the other hand, if there is some imperative to cut the payroll because of the lack of gate this season, that could be an area they'd look at, you know, because they could plug Tommy Edmond into second, who's arguably a better offensive player than Colton Wong. I don't think he's quite the defender Colton is, but you could save really $10 because there's probably a buyout, probably about two, two and a half. So if, if they feel the imperative to get down or they're eyeing a move to bring in a little money and they can't do it unless it's cash neutral, you could see him involved in that. But my answer to your question is I would pick up the option and then see if I could trade him rather than just not having him on the roster. So I don't expect him to be uh you know become a free agent in early November. Saxy, we got just about thirty seconds left here. Do you think this team's gonna make the playoffs? I do. I think they only need to win two games over this Brewers team who is eminently beatable. Um, now, if the wheels just completely fall off, that's the only way they don't make it. But I think for everyone's sake on their team, they should also try to avoid that, that doubleheader up in Detroit. So I think they really need to win three for that to happen. But I see it happening one way or the other. He's Mark Saxon. You can read his work over on The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark A. Saxon. We always appreciate him joining us here on 101 ESPN. Saxon, you are the best, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk with you soon, okay? 
All right, Chad. Have a good weekend. You got it. That's Mark Saxon joining us here on 101 ESPN.